Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tunes the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year long, all these long, long, long months ahead of us. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. I have a very exciting thing to share with y'all. What is it? We have gone an entire week without a negative review because of me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's exciting. That is exciting. I kind of can't believe it. Not only that, I had somebody reach out to me on Twitter and tell me how much they liked my theological take on soul. Nice. See, not everybody is heartless and... I do want to just share the conversation real quick because it was public so I can read it. Okay, I don't mind reading it. Uh, John Kosher said, I just wanted you, I just wanted to let you, or just want to let you know, I appreciate your theological take on soul. It's good art, but pretty problematic. And I said, thanks for that. Sometimes I feel rather pedantic. Sometimes. (laughs) How was y'all's week, y'all? How was, how was New Year? Why are you laughing, Tom? I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you tell your own story. Uh, New Year's is fine. I just ended up <laughs> getting drunk and shaving my head and my face completely. <laughs> well, not my head completely, because the back was patchy because I did it completely drunk. And then the whole next day, the house smelled like wine because the more sloshed I got, the more my wine sloshed. <laughs> so that was a nice pun there, Anthony. Well done. That All was the credit fun. to you, Tom. Fun. Um, it was fine. I, I was up does, all night. I was up all night until like 8 a.m. And then I was talking to my friend in England, like Facebooking her. And she's like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to Skype in 10 minutes? I was like, sure. So I was like 10 minutes. I can pass it on the couch. And then four o'clock in the afternoon rolls around and I wake up and I'm like, whoops, Mr. Skype chat. <laughs> <laughs> will, <laughs> will you please go ahead and tell us how Sarah describes your physical appearance now? She has a lot of colorful ways to describe my physical appearance now. Uh, most recently, it was I look like Mr. Potato Head with a body. That's not very nice, Sarah. <laughs> She's like, in my defense, <laughs> the entire place smelled like wine the next day. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said I look like a middle-aged office corner manager. <laughs> oh, she said I look like the... Um, you know, the Halloween costume. That's just a pair of glasses and a nose. You know? <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> How was your New Year's, Tom? It was pretty uneventful. Christine and I watched The Undoing. And we ended up saying that up. show you were talking about that's so That's good. the one with Nicole Kidman, right? It is. Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. Been a while like since he's been in anything. Ooh, you say that. Just wait until Not you watch this. this. One, apparently. I mean, I didn't understand the depth of his acting ability before this show. Yeah. He is amazing. Ooh. Yeah. Insert, insert my go-to fact about Hugh Grant, how they wanted him for Professor Lockhart, but then thought people would only see Hugh Grant instead of Professor Lockhart. So they went with somebody slightly less famous. I think he would have been amazing Lockhart. I still do. But I think that's what you need for Lockhart. Somebody who's like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> right right but we were we were watching that and christine just so happened to look down at her watch at midnight so we told each other happy new year and then ellie for whatever reason woke up at twelve thirty, and she reminded us of her new year's resolution which is to eat more cake in 2021 and she oh, insisted she insisted on calling her grandma 
to remind her that she's supposed to bring Ellie a cake on New Year's because we have a, uh, in in my tra- Christian tradition, the Orthodox Christian tradition, we have a, uh, we do St. Basil's cake on January 1st for St. Basil's Day. And usually there's like a coin hidden in it, um, which we didn't mm-hmm. have the coin, but I have since rectified that and ordered a proper coin that can be baked without leaking toxins into the cake. Uh, and whoever gets that, you oh, know, you good, get good luck for the whole year. But so 1230, she was obsessed with cake. <laughs> That's Julia, fantastic. Was the were y'all a part of the Great Plague House yet on New Year? Or yes, not? we found out. I thought so. New Year's Eve Eve is when Ethan started running a fever. So there were no kisses at midnight. I did my normal fall asleep on the couch the minute I sit down, but miraculously woke up with five minutes left on the timer. So Gabe and I were sitting down there and we watched the floor de lis fall in all of its disappointment. <laughs> He's uh-huh. like, I thought it was, oh, so central time zone, we didn't get the nice big ball drop from New York for our time zone this year. We get the stinky little Louisiana Florida lead dropping in New Orleans, which is just sad. I tell you something, I kind of wish I went but, into the city for New Year's this year because no one was there. I think they, I think no they only had there. frontline workers there. And then, like, kind yeah. of barred everyone else from going to the area. But it actually looked like, yeah. for once, I could have been there. I would have not minded being there that night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a I mean, the, the fireworks and the ball drops still look as cool as ever. So, yeah. Well, I, I was asleep for that one. Woke up for the disappointing one. At New Year's, I mean, I've said it before, New Year's Eve doesn't do it for me. I mean, all the programming around New Year's just makes me. I don't know. It's just a bunch of washed up people. Well, for for me, like, I'm with you, Julia. New Year's doesn't do it for me anymore. Like, I feel like it's a young person's holiday, right? Like, you know, go out, college, drinking, whatever. But I feel after 2020, I get why everyone is excited for this New Year. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I was not excited about, though, was the fact that, and I forget who pointed out on Facebook, it was... Maybe it was Michael Crystalman, our good friend Michael Crystalman, whoever pointed mm-hmm. out how much does it suck now flipping a channel and all the Christmas stuff is gone. Yeah, it was Matt Yurich that said, what a bummer to not be able to mindlessly turn on any channel for the most part and, and watch some awesome Christmas stuff. Yep. Yeah, Marty and I got in bed the other night and it was Golden Girls on. It wasn't a Hallmark Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, it happened. There's a lot to be said for Golden Girls though, y'all. There is. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's not our show of choice. We always watch Mom before bed if there's no Christmas on. I, I, I love Frenchie's take. I love Frenchie's take in The Boys season two on Golden Girls. Did you finish The Boys season two? Did we talk about that? One episode. You only watched one or one episode left? One episode left. And I know Julia finished The Mandalorian, which won't spoil, but how about oh, the ending? Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I knew I would not regret telling Ethan, go upstairs, like spend time with me as a family. This is pre-COVID. He came down and like I'd been binging Mandalorian like for a day, like I had caught up and it was the second to last episode and it just ended. And he's like, oh, is this the last episode of the second season? I'm like, yeah, you need to, I'll watch it tonight. I love you so much. I'll wait and I'll watch it tonight when you're not here because I'm not about to like ruin all of the things because I know that you know something's going to be ruined so I told him that's how much I love him what was ruined you don't want to know watch season two is there nothing was ruined because he went upstairs there is going to be a season three so good I uh, so good but bright side just to go back to the Christmas stuff Hallmark is still showing Christmas movies every Friday night a Christmas movie all year. year again all year so all year oh that's exciting so we have that at least. We do. So we do have a couple of retractions we need to make from previous episodes. Uh, Anthony and I spoke over Julia. I think I actually edited it out because I felt so bad how I felt so bad when I was editing how we spoke over Julia when she was right about a reference. So Julia is the pop culture royalty this week. And um, I also hope that everybody listened to the episode last week and saw that I did not in any way speak for julia as i was accused multiple times of doing uh i don't know what you edited out i will gladly send you the entire episode unedited if you would like it (laughs) believe it or not part of me does have a life 
I know I do a lot for this show, but sometimes, you know, I don't need to listen but, to an unedited episode after listening to the episode you edited. But <laughs> I still wouldn't put it past you if you thought you were right. You would still do it. That's true. You- that's true. That's true. Hundred percent true. I'd go through and pull that sound clip and play it all the time. Oh, that's funny. But I, but I did not. I did not actually um, speak for Julia. I want to mention something exciting for our patrons, real quick here at the beginning of the episode. For those of you who donate to us on Patreon at five dollars or more per month, you, it's a bit. I put it in the mail already. You will be receiving four Tis Podcast enamel pins, which are awesome Ooh. so keep your eye out on your mail a nice post-christmas surprise did julian tom's get in the mail uh, yours is going to the mail tomorrow okay i don't want to speak for anthony or julia but i can say it's the first time i have ever been presented in pen form yeah. it's the first time i've ever been presented in pen it goes old after a while being in pen form <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't pay you for your likeness on this one like we were supposed to. Although, although the way they compressed the pin, we do look a little all a little more cartoony and smushed than the actual picture looks. Julia, especially. No offense, Julia. I look terrifying in that pin. No, it is still cute. It's still very cute. Can I tell you about my new favorite Instagram account? I would love to hear about your new oh. favorite Instagram account. Go for it. Zillow Gone Wild. Have y'all seen it yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh man. Okay. All right. It's just big. So Marty and I love looking at other people's houses. So we like we follow a lot of content that's like cheap old houses and cheap Nordic houses and all this stuff because we like looking at houses. This one is like bonkers houses, house listings from Zillow. Like sometimes they're bonkers because the house is insanely huge. Like today they posted a ten million dollar house in Kansas that's on 15 acres and has its own scuba diving tanks in the lake on the property, like bonkers. And some of them are bonkers because like people do stuff in their basements that you really don't want to know about. And it's just funny, like funny and crazy and wild. So you should follow them because it's fantastic. And every time they have a new post, I'm like, I get really excited because I get to look in somebody's house. A Tulsa house was on there. Not, not, but a few days ago. Um, off of Gary Avenue in Southern Hills. And it's got like this under three-story underground bunker. I saw it. Not on there, but I saw it. What's the Instagram? That house was on there the other day. It's called Zillow Gone Wild, I think. They could say that house is creepy with the three-story bunker underneath. I would love it. (laughs) I saw this house. um, It was on one of those, you know, surviving the apocalypse doomsday prepper shows but it's like a complete like mansion bunker underground it looks like bigger than most freaking has amazing what some of these people do yeah like i would love to live in that um blast from the past house how cool would that be to have all of that down there right i think that the tis a podcast you should put their money toward a communal like doomsday bunker so when it hits christmas we're ready christmas all christmas theme. all the time Christmas bunker. Uh, Christine has agreed. If we get a, if we, if we move and get a house with a with a basement, it can be a Christmas bank basement. Oh, that's fantastic! All Marty wants, he's like, someday I want to have a house where we can put the Christmas tree fully decorated in a room, and they can just stay fully decorated all year, that's so we don't fun. have to decorate it every year. He, my grandparents, like, my grandparents did that. When they they did too. They would just cover it with a trash can. Trash yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> Yeah, my grandparents did that too. But how the fun is decorating it? How do you feel about that? I we have so many trees in the house that like I don't even care if one of them stayed decorated. Yeah, so like I have my fun tree that he has no part of because I like to do it all, and so I could decorate it every year. But I wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind having that, especially once the kids leave. Because once what's fun about leave, it now? Oh, you still have years. You keep bringing that up. Well, but, but once the kids aren't here, we don't get all the fun school ornaments. Then, which by the way, was the worst thing about Gabe missing the end of last semester because he was under quarantine because of our nephew was he didn't, I didn't get a cute Christmas elementary school ornament like they make every year, you know, like with this picture and stuff. So I'm really bummed about that, but I'll send you one of me. Can I get a salt dough ornament of your hand? Marty thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. In his Did he really? Life. Oh, if I would have known, he would have <laughs> Oh man, he laughed. He I laughed. I will do it. 
I will do it and I will mail it to you at a random day in the, the middle of the year so you'll have no idea why it's coming. <laughs> oh, great. Love it. <laughs> anyway, I got us off track. Sorry about that. No, you're all good. No, it's that's a, awesome. I am now following that page. It's so good. It's so good. I found one with a keg urinal, so, you know. Oh, that is a keg toilet. Look at that thing. I mean, it looks nicer than a regular urinal. It does, but it, does. it feels like a waste of a keg. They enjoyed it, and then they used it, and that's how it works, right? And that's how it works. And now they can still use that keg when, you know, <laughs> they break the seal and use that keg. I have a hot take on the movie we're talking tonight, y'all. Tom, keep your hot takes. Don't do this to me, Tom. Please don't do this to me tonight. Please don't do this to me tonight. We just basically have a low budget. Not that! Uh, uh, I will oh. not. Stop bathing in your virginity, please. <laughs> tonight, for those of you who don't know, we are covering the 2020 American Netflix stop-motion original animated Christmas film, Alien Christmas based on the 2006 book of the same name. The film was produced by John Favreau, who we've covered, who is always brought up on this podcast, most famously for producing Elf. And it was directed by Stephen Chiodo, who wrote the children's book of the same name with Jim Strain. So before we go on from there, have either of you read the children's book? No. No, have not. All right. So Steven Chiotto directed this film. He has a lot of B and C list movies to his name running through his filmography. He's done Critters, Fairy Tale Theater, Critters 2, Monsters, Critters 3, Ernest Scares Stupid, Critters 4, <laughs> The Mr. Potato Head Show, King Cobra, Survival Island. He did the stop mo he was a stop motion animation supervisor in Elf. He was a puppet supervisor in Team America World Police. So he had something good in there among his credits. Are either of you familiar with this director prior to this film? I mean, I wasn't, but it's just so funny to me that he did this after previously directing in 1988 Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, he's one of my favorite directors between Killer, Crowd, Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Critters. It doesn't get much better than that. This film was written by Keelan O'Rourke, Dan Clark, and Noah Clore, who don't have clickable Wikipedia links, so I'll just leave it at that. And starring in this film, voicing Santa is Keith Farley, who has written for produced and or voice directed episodes of the Rugrats as told by Ginger and the Wild Thornberries. He's also the co-author of Batboy the Musical. He's voiced characters in Ah Real Mon Monsters, Duckman, Rugrats, Legend of Korra, Barbie, Dreamtopia, and he's had some live action roles too in Full House, Beverly Hills 90210, Star Trek Voyager, The Naked Truth. So yeah. Any familiarity with this guy? Not me. I thought he had a really good Santa voice, though. No. I do, too. I like his Santa voice. D. Bradley Baker is probably more well-known for everyone out there. He does the voice of X, our protagonist. He is an American voice actor who has done, who's been in a Avatar The Last Airbender, American Dad, SpongeBob SquarePants, Codename Kids Next Door, Gravity Falls, Steven Universe, Phineas and Ferb, Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, <gasps> Ben 10, The Legend of Korra. What's up? The Mandalorian. Who was he in The Mandalorian? He's a frog lady and frog man. <gasps> I loved those characters. I loved frog lady. I did too. I did too. So that's my favorite. I think that'd be my favorite too. Right, you, oh, the voice, the life of a voice actor. I mean, that's magical. How cool would it be where that's your job and you just get to do voices on all of these amazing shows? You know, that's not a bad way to live your life. Kalaya Rambo plays Holly. Michelle Deco plays Noel. Barbara Goodson plays Z, the alien supreme leader. And I was wondering where I recognized her voice. Well, she is best known for providing the English dub for the main antagonist in Power Rangers, Rita Repulsa from the 90s. So she has that really screechy, <laughs> crazy voice. Uh, Jessica G. George does the voice of Mrs. Claus. Caitlin Robrock 
does a few klepts and reindeer and elf kids, and John Favreau does a voice of Obi. We all have the same history with this film. It just came out last year. I think I was the only one who watched it last year before Christmas. All, both of you watched it today or this week? Today. I watched it before. Tom, overall thoughts on the special? Straight ripoff of Nightmare Before Christmas. I disagree with that. Hmm. A foreign entity stumbles upon Christmas Town by accident, looks around, eventually falls in love with what's there, and uses it to change himself and look for the greater good. He doesn't try to steal Christmas for himself and his people, though. He tried to steal everything for himself. From the planet. But he was obsessed with stealing stuff for Christmas. It was still, it was still thievery at, at the base. It was still the idea that this should be mine. As much, it's as much of a ripoff as, as Noel is of Elf. I would, I would not, I would not go that far. Julia, um, I thought it was cute. I don't think it's gonna be like a Christmas classic for me. But sometimes I wonder with shorts like this, animated or, you know, animated or however, however the short is. There's something with shorts that are. There's a lot of nostalgia built up in them, right? And so having a new one make its way into my canon seems like a a monumental feat. But I thought it was cute. This one will definitely make my canon. I think this is the closest we've come to a modern Christmas classic in three years of the podcast. This evoked all the feelings of the old Rankin-Bass specials I love except not as trippy as them. Mm-hmm. And it looked and felt Christmassy, and the puppets and animation were cute. Uh, and I couldn't ask for anything more. I loved it. I watched it like five times between when it debuted and today. So I loved it. And I kind of want to look at the book now. Or I'll definitely get the book when I have a kid. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to read the book. I can't go that far, Anthony. But it's not bad. <laughs> I've been trolling Anthony for a long time. It's not a bad movie. I don't love it, but it's not bad. It's cute. It is cute 40 minutes. And it really does have the true meaning of Christmas in there, right? The spirit of what Christmas is. And I know, insert Tom, well, I heard the true spirit of Christmas is Jesus. I don't know what you're worshiping, Anthony. (laughs) I get that. But it has the anti-consumerism message and it's about giving and loving and everything like that. Yeah, it's definitely got some Grinch vibes in it. Like the Who's are the elves in Christmas Town. So I don't know that it borrows from one. I don't know that it borrows just from one Christmas thing. I feel like it borrows from a lot. Yeah, and I w- it does it well. I would I don't say care if it I would say I got more Grinch vibes than the Nightmare Before Christmas, personally. Yeah, it's a nice amalgamation and rip off of the two together. I can I can agree with that. It's an homage. <laughs> Anyway, let's run through, the, run through the plot. The special opens, this beautiful North Pole, Santa's reading to a bunch of elf children the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. And he finishes the story, wants to rush them off to the bed, but they ask for one more story. So he, so he says, well, just one more. How about I tell you about the weirdest Christmas that there ever was? And next thing we know, we're in space. And... We meet a race of aliens known as klepts, like kleptomaniacs, mm-hmm. and uh, yep. they're a race of colorful extraterrestrials who become greedy and plunder planets through their resources, and the greedier they become, they lose all their color, and they all become the same. They're all gray and mean and just want to steal everything. Like trolls. And then, did anybody else get Robbie the Reindeer vibes here? Yep. Remember the one where Robbie the Rain, we hated it too, where it went to outer space and we're like, this does not feel Christmassy at all. I was worried. Oh, I was, I was worried, worried too the first time I saw it. I was yeah. like, uh-oh. But yeah. they're, not, they're not in space long. So we meet on this alien ship, which is huge and spiky and horizontal. And I'm pointing that out because the ending is, I love the ending. Oh, but um, so good. X, as in alien xmas haha and he's the smallest alien of the bunch so he but he's just as greedy as all the others but he's so small the others bully him like rudolph and always steal from him so the supreme leader their supreme leader z 
calls them all in to this big like war room type thing and says they've stumbled upon planet Earth, which is a planet with the most stuff, which mm-hmm. I can't argue with that. So yeah. she comes I, up with this. I can because I'm not familiar with what any other planet has. There are a lot of unknown variables for, before I can agree to that, Anthony. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just being unnecessarily contrarian. You're being unnecessarily contrarian and bathing in your virginity. Hey, I'm, just, I'm doing something Anthony can't do anymore. I'm washing my hair. Oh, my gosh. So Z's plan is to build a device called the Gyrotron, which will eliminate Earth's gravity on the North Magnetic mm-hmm. Pole, and the planet will be, and objects on the planet will be sent into orbit where they'll just snatch them up and they'll own everything on the planet. Kind of seems like they're going to murder everyone on Earth, too, if they're going to... I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. We would all just end up in space. So she asks for volunteers. Somebody has to go down to Earth and set this gyrotron up. But she warns them she won't tolerate failure, so everyone's too afraid to volunteer. X realizes this is his way to make a reputation for himself and, you know, get into the big leagues and stop being taunted, so he volunteers. And so she sends him to carry out the mission with a helper robot known as a semi-automatic multitasking unit, or SAM-2. Sam two. Sam two. Meanwhile, down on unsuspecting Earth at the North Pole. First of all, I loved this North Pole. I thought it seemed so cozy. I loved that they had snowman citizens, penguin citizens. <laughs> they were so cute. Those they snowmen. were more than citizens. They were active members of society. They were. <laughs> they had the they had the reindeer mingling outside coffee shops, <gasps> talking to the elves, which made me laugh. And did you yeah. notice when? X's spaceship comes in for a landing. He he flies Puffin. over baby walrus and Arctic Puffin. Arctic from Puffin. Made me yep. happy. That made me happy too. It is uh, Buddy the Elf. Well, the movie Elf. But uh, that has made Arctic Puffin a staple now in Christmas yeah. movies. We see them here. We see them in Noel. Um, I mean, <laughs> give some credit to baby walrus, not just Arctic Puffin. He was there too. We haven't seen Norwal making a big appearance, though. Which is funny, because everyone loves Norwal. He's on a lot of merchandise. He's, he's got he the is, most quotable part he's, of his elf. Absolutely. I hear that quote all the time. Yeah. Uh, speaking Probably of which, because I say it all the time, but still. <laughs> One of the things Sarah got me for Christmas was the elf 12 days of Christmas calendar. Like, so I have 12 pairs of socks that? now with different, like, uh, oh. elf characters or quotes on them and of course one of them is bye buddy hope you find your dad with mr narwhal on it love it but yeah good point we never see him come up and he is the most famous of those stop motion creatures in the movie so in christmas town we meet this little girl noel right her name was noel no her mother her daughter was holly (laughs) holly was the daughter and her mother's like the town vet or something, or she's packages those all the pets and delivers to kids. Right. And uh, we meet this adorable little dog that Holly falls in love with. And this dog is precious. And I want a dog that looks exactly yes. like this dog. I love so, that they used like, it, he looks felted. He's like yeah. a felted wool dog. He look, yeah. And he, oh, that was so great. The quality of texture to, the, to a yes. stop motion, right? Yes, so great. I loved it. And she, and Holly's falling in love with this dog. She wants to keep him, but her mother, Noelle, reminds her the true spirit of Christmas is giving. That's what we do up here. So she has to wrap a bow on it. She can't get the bow right. So she pick, her father is the town inventor. So she picks up this machine that looks like a gun that she shoots at the dog and a bow comes up and wraps itself around him. And it's a cute scene. And um, Santa, meanwhile, calls a town meeting that night because he is unveiling with Obi, no, Holly's father, a new technology that will help him deliver Christmas presents all around the world more quickly. And it basically looks like a rocket ship version of the sleigh from Christmas Chronicles. It's that same shape, just silver, and looks like a rocket. But of course it malfunctions, much to the reindeer's amusement, because when they unveil it, they're like, boo, which made, <laughs> which made me laugh. I did um, like the heck, I did really <laughs> rather enjoy heckling elves, elves <laughs> and Santa. <laughs> oh, I love it. 
So Santa instructs Obi, Obi, who is Holly's father, to fix it, but he only has a day because the next day is Christmas Eve. So he kind of breaks the promise he made to his daughter to spend more time with her because that's what his daughter really wants is to spend more time with her father and mother together as a family because her dad works so much. So X crash lands at the North Pole into an ice cave and he instructs Sam 2 to build the Gyrotron. And while he's doing that, X ventures into Christmas Town to explore. And I love his, him going through the town, seeing the town through his eyes, just stealing everything in sight, including the star from the town Christmas tree. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, every, total klepto. It is yeah. funny. And he sneaks into Obi's house and sees Holly, the, his daughter. So X plays dead. He pretends to be a doll. And uh, mm-hmm. Obi, who felt bad about working late, gives the doll to her as a gift. And X is kind of trapped because the next day, Holly is dragging him around everywhere with her. Like, as she decorates, goes Carolyn, attends a Christmas dinner. But as X is witnessing all this, you see, like, he's learning, he's witnessing the elves' generosity and kindness and selfless spirit. And at not that night, he tries to escape Holly's home with a bag of stolen items, but Holly sees him attempting to do so. And he kind of breaks Holly. She's just sad that he's leaving her and assumes mm-hmm. that, she, that he, like her dad, has to go to work. Mm-hmm. So she gives to keep him company, that puppy she adored so much, she gives it to X as a companion, which is adorable. But, and that's what melts his heart, right? That's his first Linus, that's his Linus moment right there because yeah. it fills him with it's compassion. The first it's the first get time he's ever been given something instead of just yeah. taking something. Taking and he it. turns yep. bright blue, which I loved. I love the colors. Mm-hmm. Me too. So he... This, like, makes him change his mind. He, he confesses to Holly exactly what was happening. And I love that he confesses, like, she's shocked and the dog starts growling at him. Like, all of a sudden, he's, he's an enemy. He's already all of a sudden evil. But uh, he decides not to go through with Supreme Z's plan. Mm-hmm. And he reprograms Sam 2 to pick Santa's sleigh. So Santa mm-hmm. can deliver all the gifts the next day. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they give you this fake out ending where the sleigh is fixed and everything's going fine and Santa's going to take off on the sleigh <laughs> and everyone's living happily ever. Because you get that nice moment between the father and daughter mm-hmm. too. Because mm-hmm. now that the sleigh's fixed, he gets to spend Christmas with Holly, which is all Holly ever mm-hmm. wanted. And X gave that to her which is a sweet little moment. He hugs her and thanks X. And you get this fake out ending. Everything's fine. Sam's going to deliver the presents, but nope. <laughs> Aliens are still out there and they come invading now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. <laughs> the North Pole, that ever, all the citizens of the North Pole get into this, these fight with the aliens. Santa's whip around candy canes like he's a ninja. It's all very <laughs> cute and funny. The Kleps try to activate the Gyrotron, but Sam 2 destroys the machine, but still, the Kleps triumph over the citizens of the North Pole. You and just got the little white flag on a candy cane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Santa. <laughs> like, the way, they, they, the way they march these citizens toward the North Pole, you think they're being taken as slaves onto their spaceship. Like, they're just walking single file in a line. Well, this is where I really started to like the, the idea. Like, you begin to see the characters, the ancillary characters of the town who aren't the elves have a little more personality like when the snowmen throw this like they they capture one of the aliens and then the snowman throws a snowball in his face <laughs> her little arms when they're throwing them so cute yeah. um, i love the animation i did too like i mean it's amazing how far it's come since or the stop you know, motion not animation. since uh right the rankin bass stuff and yeah, even absolutely. in the 20 years since nightmare Before christmas how much smoother it's gotten right mm-hmm. yeah yeah but um, Z calls X forward triumphant. X thinks he's going to be reprimanded, but she actually rewards him and calls him the best of them because she thinks he earned their trust only to betray them. So she promotes him to like the vice supreme leader or something, essentially. Mm-hmm. And X is like, he's th- he looks happy for a moment, but then he looks around at all the elves and remembers the lessons he's learned and he hands the puppy that Holly gave him to Supreme Leader Z, 
and it causes her heart to melt and she turns pink and mm-hmm. the rest of Christmas Town gives a bunch of gifts to all these aliens who all start turning these vibrant like neon colors and it's so pretty um, mm-hmm. so the sun is rising Santa is upset because there's no more time left to deliver the Christmas gifts to the children of the world but now X and the other clubs have learned about to give and not just take so they all hop in their individual spaceships and fly around the world to deliver all the gifts to the children. And their spaceships are the same colors as them, so all neon and brightly colored. Mm-hmm. And then they go fly back into space where their mothership is now vertical and it looks like an undecorated Christmas tree. And yes. all the spaceships land in their little pods, decorating it like ornaments and lights and... I mm-hmm. loved it. It was beautiful. I loved that too. I loved that. It was really yeah. cute. And and you notice as soon as that's that's coming out, you know, as soon as a spaceship is coming out from the bottom of the screen, you're like, "Up, oh, that's a Christmas tree. I see yeah. what they're going to do here." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Santa finishes telling his story and you pan out to see who he's reading to for the first time and you see that the aliens and elves and all the citizens of the Earth Pole are living happily together and X mm-hmm. is chief among them sitting front and center with the dog on his lap and holly over his shoulder and the and no he has a baby in his there's lap. a baby it's a baby there is alien. a baby in his a lap. sweet precious little baby alien oh my gosh it's so cute so who is cute. a pink alien i know so cute so cute and it was adorable and i loved it i think it was so cute i like it's i don't have kids but i would love to watch this special with my kids one day did either of you watch it with like Ellie or Jude or anyone? No, but I want to rewatch it with Jude because I think he would love it and laugh. I, I think he would really laugh. I liked it. I mean, it's cute. Like, and the thing is, like, yeah, I, I'm with you, Julia. Like, at first, when you're in space, I'm like, oh no, what is this? But like, the minute they come, luckily that's like five minutes at the beginning, and then they're down on Earth and. Right. Major Christmas feels, obviously. Major Christmas feels. I'm glad we're covering it in January to help us through this. Me too. It was okay. Like I said, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It was fine. So this movie was originally began life as a feature film pitch. But while a lot of people liked the story, the film could not find funding. So they turned it into a book, which then became a TV special. A Netflix special, which is interesting. I think a TV special seems right. Like it was a perfect like amount. Right it didn't need to. Time. Yeah. 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 Feature lengths would have been way too long. It did everything it needed to in the time that we had. Um, mm-hmm. I liked the representation at the North Pole. All the elves are different races, and like, mm-hmm. and Holly herself was mixed race, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was so cute. She, she was. Cute. I think the dog was the cutest in the special, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want that dog. I mean, a lot of this was narration, so there weren't like any quotes or anything in my mind. But right. it, it's clearly a Christmas special. And it's mm-hmm. clearly had a Linus moment, a few Linus moments. Mm-hmm. I will say to Tom's point, while I don't think it is a ripoff, I saw, especially going through that plot again, it definitely paid homage to a lot of Christmas specials from Elf to the Grinch, to Rankin Bass, to Rudolph. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Fine. To... (laughs) (laughs) Just a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I would love our listeners to point out other ones they noticed, because I'd be, I Mm -hmm. bet you can find a lot. I bet we can, but it's all, it is in a very positive way. I was totally trolling you at the beginning, but it was really good. Yeah. The, (laughs) The way that it paid homage to so, brought so many different Christmas films and tropes. It, yeah, it, it did good with that. So do you, we want to rank this thing? Not really. I think I've joined yeah. Julia in really disliking the ranking system. We Maybe could we follow Filmstrip podcast suggestion and just say yes or no. Or yes, it is a Christmas movie. No, it's not a Christmas movie. I thought if we were to redo our ranking system, if we were to go back to day one, I would say we should do a, a thumbs up ranking so like three out of three thumbs two out of three thumbs one out of three thumbs or no thumbs mm-hmm. I, li- I like film strips large popcorn but we'd have to do like large hot cocoa medium hot cocoa small hot cocoa. Ooh, hot cocoa 
<laughs> yeah, and I like how they they express their like major love or major disappointment by saying things like large popcorn with Reese's pieces mixed in, you know, or or, or medium small popcorn, popcorn burned to a crisp. <laughs> Yeah, medium popcorn, but the kind that comes from the bottom of the barrel. So it's all the burnt popcorn, but still good because it's still movie bear popcorn. But it's just right, the cusp right. of good. Yeah, I love that. Okay, maybe, right. maybe we'll just keep ours as is. This is getting too convoluted. Sorry, brother. I say, okay, I'm going to put totally it out to listeners. I'm going to put it to listeners again. This just feels like multiple lawsuits after we've already run our poll and a winner has been declared and we just won't let it <laughs> This feels very Georgia, Pennsylvania, (laughs) Nevada-y to me. But Tom, the first one did not go my way. So I am (laughs) totally fine with asking this question again and doing whatever I need to do to make sure that it comes out the way I want it to come out. (laughs) Yeah, so listeners, ranking systems become super frustrating. Julia's been complaining about it for like two years now. It's getting to Tom. I like it, but I'm at the point where I really want, wish we could get a one-time redo of all our scores, which would take forever. <laughs> so putting a poll out there, we're going to give you to the end of January to increase participation. Do you want to see a change in the ranking system? Something s- similar to our good friends at Filmstrip Podcast, Jay and Ron, aka President Hot Dog, where they use this... No. Where they use... <laughs> Where they, where they use a system that's basically like large popcorn, medium popcorn, small popcorn, you know, which is basically the best of the best. It's good. It sucks, essentially. <laughs> Except we would put it something Christmassy like cocoa. So let us know. But in the meantime, until you let us know, we are ranking this via the old system. And this falls on our Christmas television specials list. So, um, since you were the most unenthusiastic how about you first 4.95 julia 6.2 i'm going with a 10 Ooh, nice. a, perf- a perfect te- this to me is a christmas classic i think it will become a christmas classic it's part of my canon it may be one of my favorite north poles ever and it just evoked the nostalgia of all those old christmas specials that i love and watch every year so i was thoroughly impressed so that gives us an average of 7.05, which puts it at number 16 on our list, in between Toy Story That Time Forgot and Olive the Other Reindeer. So. All right. I'll allow it. <laughs> so there you go. So that was fun. And probably the quickest recording we've had in a while. Bye. <laughs> 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 No. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so I have a question of the week for y'all and to post to all our listeners. Ooh. And I'm sure we've asked this before. I want to hear people came up with new answers and we have a lot of new people on our social media. So I want to hear their answers. What do you do to manage those Christmas blues, especially in this month of January, right when everything comes down? The TV channel, stop playing all your stuff. Even the commercials get bland again. What do you do to manage those blues? I mean, for us, at least we have the podcast, right? I think we've yes. asked this question every January. Well, I'm asking it again because we have lots of I'm not of complaining. Listeners. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying. So we have the podcast. And for me personally, I am keeping Julia's nativity set up year-round because it's beautiful. Oh, and I have my little ceramic Christmas tree here on my desk. So just little things. I have my Linus thing over there. So little things like just to remind me of Christmas throughout the year. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. I think so far this year, given the circumstances, I have not been very good at keeping Christmas spirit alive. So for me right now, it is just the podcast. But I shouldn't say it like that because it's not just the podcast, right? Like... The podcast really is the biggest part of me keeping it alive all year. So I am no, not. You, you made it clear what you thought. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just stuck with you two nut jobs. I mean. What about you, Tom? It's, it's, it's Julia with us, so we can't really fault her, can we? Uh, you know, that's a good question. 
I feel like I've had answers in the past. Right now, I don't know yet. I'm still feeling good. Today is uh, uh, Epiphany Eve, so I'm still in celebrating Christmas. The, the sadness hasn't hit me, I think, when we start taking stuff down tomorrow at Will. Mm-hmm. I still listen to Christmas music all year long. I mm-hmm. watch Christmas movies and TV shows all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be nice to most people all year long. Um, at least half of my co-hosts I typically am pretty nice to. And I think really the thing we can look at that we need to to carry on and to keep the Christmas spirit alive and what we need, need a lot more of in our society in general is just the kindness and compassion aspect that we seem to be losing so quickly that we learn from the actual Christmas story about giving, what it means to give, what it means to sacrifice for others and um, how we can give of ourselves. Peace on, on earth and goodwill toward men. I'm working on an article right now on um, the church as mother, like the, the maternal, it's maternal and well, maternal and bride imagery of the church throughout church history. And um, one of the things I read that I liked a lot said that, you know, we, part of what our, our goal is, is we as members and bodies of, uh, as members of the, ch- the Christian church, our goal is to spend time in prayer and study and contemplation and with God so that, um, we can conceive Christ in our hearts. And then when we go out and interact with others, we give birth to Christ in their lives. And I think if we all try to keep that in mind, that that's one of our goals. I think we can keep the Christmas spirit alive really nicely and make everything around us a little bit, a little bit brighter and a little bit more cheery. In another way, I think that we can all help tons of people keep the Christmas spirit alive is how, Julia? Well, that's an excellent point because our communities in different various social media locations in the interwebs really do help keep that Christmas spirit alive all year too. Um, so we have, we have community anywhere that you are. So easy way to find that would be by going to tisthepodcast.com backslash insert your social media here. So, so you can find us and commune with us on Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, um, Reddit, Instagram even. And I'm looking forward to this year because in the last six months or so, our Facebook group has really grown. Um, And I'm looking forward to this year using that as another one of the tools in my tool belt to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year. Um, We've got really good people out there, really, really good people, a part of that community, listeners, other podcast hosts. Um, You can find some other content and other Christmas podcasts to keep the spirit going for you this year as well. So come and join us. you can participate in any of the conversations. They're not even all Christmas related. Um, but you can also give us great ideas for movies to cover this year and your takes on movies as we cover them. So come find us. Um, and then we also have a location where you can get extra Tis the Podcast content that doesn't even have anything to do with Christmas sometimes. Sometimes it does. So tisthepodcast.com backslash Patreon. And Tom, you want to tell us a little bit about Patreon? Well, what I think I'm hearing from you is if you want to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year, you can give us money. Is that right? That's exactly what I was saying. Okay. That's what I thought. You can join Patreon for as little as a dollar a month and get bonus content, which there is a nice backlog of content there if you need something to fill your days with. Plus, we send out Christmas cards. If you give at $3 a month, you get some cards from us throughout the year. And our $5 patrons are now getting their buttons. They're in the mail, assuming the postal service will deliver them, unlike the 21 outstanding packages that people ordered before Christmas from my wife's shop online that have been lost by the postal service. But uh, you can also do things like sponsor an episode and there's a, there's a premiere level there that you can, you can subscribe to and you get to, there's a premiere level that you can sponsor. And with that, you get to come onto an episode and help us do an episode of your choosing. Also, what I'm looking forward to via Patreon, getting back on track this because it kind of died off toward the end of last year because we got busy with the regular show and bonus episodes of the main feed is getting back to fireside chats and just talking with the one with our listeners because I love those. And Me too. I'm also excited to do a few more Christmas commentaries this year. We hit some big ones already. We hit Elf and the Santa Claus and the Grinch. I've got streaming figured out so we can do it live. 
we could do it live. Ooh. It would be cool to do Home Alone and Christmas Vacation this year, Miracle on 34th Street. Lots of things to keep us going, especially when we hit the long summer months after our early vacations. Yep. I'm excited because we're going to have a new way, an additional way of counting down to Christmas and the main feed starting the end of this month. So stay tuned for that because lots of awesome people are actually involved with that, which I'm excited about. I am very excited for next week's, the next two weeks worth of movies, I have to say. One I have not seen and one I have seen. So next week, we're covering the brand new 2020 TV special, the Minions Holiday Special as in Minions from Despicable Me, yellow guys. Um, and the week after that, we're covering the Disney Plus original film, Godmothered, which I'm excited about. Same here. And less exciting news. There are 8,376 hours until Christmas. That's only 349 days, y'all. 49 weeks. We're out of the 50s. So that's something to be thankful <laughs> for. That went quick. So do your homework. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, y'all.